Alright, so today we're talking about fall pests, I guess. Mmm, yeah. What are those? Well, what happens in the fall, several things happens. One, the outside skin of a building gets cold. Buildings have skin? The outside walls. And any roaches that are hanging out there for the summer are going to start coming in. So it could be two or three roaches, but they're looking for a goddamn home. And they might be walking around and people are seeing the same roach 10 or 12 times a day. All of a sudden, you've got a big roach on your problem, big roach thing. So I would concentrate, I would put some, something by the walls, whether it's a bait or what, I would suggest a bait. Also, we've got to worry about those furry little devils, the mice, because things are getting a little chilly out there. They've got to come in. Well, you got to remember also that mating season is all summer. It's nice and warm out, especially for rats. So they're going nuts, mating. So they have plenty of places to stay. So I walked a 2.2 million square foot complex today that has a ton of rats outside during construction. And I was explaining to them they're in planters. They're in dirt all outside. But I was saying they're going to start to come in as the warm weather subsides in the cold weather, which is great for us. It ain't too good for them if they don't hire us. Yeah, they're screwed. um, So that's the thing, right? They mate in the summer, they go nuts, they branch out all over, and then it starts to get cold, and they come in. So, I mean, I think that's one of the number ones, the roaches. What do you say, from now until, like, December, right? Yeah, and the other thing, too, with the roaches, everybody's been out in the Hamptons or upstate or down in Pennsylvania, wherever they were, they were all coming home. The apartment's been vacant. Did they clean it up right? I hope so. But I doubt it. My experience of 50 years tell me that uh, that ain't happening. And all of a sudden, oh, oh, I got this. You got to, so now you got to get in on them. And not only that, if it's an apartment building, you have to service your regular people. The elderly whose kids don't come to visit them, they never see roaches, but they like you to come whenever you're there just to talk to them for a while. It's getting late in the season for the stored product pest, but we have terribly warm weather here in New York. And these stored product pests are brought in in macaroni. Uh, there could be uh, flowers. Um, stored products. Yeah, stored products. Oh. That's what I'm trying to get at. You know, like yeah. Kraft macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Let me stored explain to them why. products. Yeah. So anyway, mm. usually grains. What happens is these products come to a, a grocery store, and they're stored in the basement. If you've ever been down the basement of a grocery store, that's where all their electronic machines are that keep all the refrigerators cold. So it's hot down there. So there's larvae on, on these grains, and they, you know, it's nice here. And then we buy them, like you might buy Kraft macaroni and cheese. I don't know what it costs. Let's just say you get five for $3. Yeah, I know, it's a pipe dream. So you take home the five, and within a week or two, you use three, and now they got six for $2. Yeah, they're so not you go, practicing FIFO. I'm, inter- you know, I'm interrupting you because this he was, is a story he was always like that, that you told. even as a kid. You told this story. I'm telling it again. You know, you got to repeat this shit so they get. Excuse me, my ladies and gentlemen. You have to repeat this to people so it sinks in deeply. So we're telling, he's right, FIFO, first in, first out. So don't keep the stuff there. So now if you went to the Hamptons and had a lovely time for the summer and you left that Kraft macaroni and cheese in the kitchen, you probably got these stored product pests. Could be sawtooth grain beetles, could be some beautiful moths. Oh, possibilities are unlimited. We did speak about temperature with Jeff White on some of the bedbug stuff and how it's hard to keep those temperatures, but 
I agree with you where all of these things are stored, especially in New York City. And if you come from a densely populated area like New York, Chicago, L.A., densely populated areas, even if you're in other countries that are densely populated, you become very... Uh, you become creative with storage. So we, we, we Yeah, there's not enough room. Right. So we we service a lot of restaurants and they want to maximize certain space, which is the space where they're gonna make their money on sales. So storage tends to be in the worst possible areas, like you said. We have one place that we do where some of their storage is in the garbage room, which we all know that makes no sense. We also have like uh where they store it right above the lights and the electricity from the lights is it's you know it's we've we've shot it with a, a meter before like a temperature gauge and it's it's over 100 degrees at times and you have all of this stuff sitting on top of it or like you said it's right next to the electrical panel remember we're speaking about the northeast where you know we change we have seasons and everything changes we're just ending our summer now it's still hot if any of you are truly following us and saw me walking and sweating through the streets of manhattan with my backpack on i had a freaking umbrella all day because when i left the house at 5 30 in the morning it felt like and looked like rain but anyway so i was only jo in manhattan umbrella at 6 30 this morning just so we know it was also hot on the beach today yeah. <laughs> also um as the winter comes along you're going to get what we call occasional invaders, like crickets, earwigs. That yeah, well, what they call cave crickets here, especially in Long Island, which most of us would know as camelback crickets. Anyway, you look at the side of your house or whatever, your factory, your apartment building. They're usually living in dead leaves or near plants and stuff like that, where part of the leaves on the plant fall off. And they're coming in because it's getting cold and they want to lay their eggs. Are they harmful to you? Uh, no. Uh, are they, do they upset your aesthetics? Absolutely. If you want to be proactive, I would tell you next year, rake all that leaves and stuff, and the mulch don't help either. Try to keep the side of your house as dry as possible, maybe cut back some of the branches on trees and stuff like that. May not eliminate them, but it's going to cut them down. Two other pests, one relatively new, one old that we deal with seldomly, cluster flies. The new fall pest for us is stink bugs nice yeah so listen let me tell you another thing i ran into let me, let me tell you something um i ran into the you know every when i was a kid these little red bugs with black dots on them what do they call them yes ladybugs i had them on a wall of a hospital i called my friend the late great steve walsh and he told me you know they're going to be on the west side of the building because they like the sun so yes we first treated the west side of the building from the ground up to about six feet. When you say treatment, because to my knowledge, there's no chemical labeled for ladybugs. So I, I sprayed uh, it with water, all right? Anyway. Allegedly. I, I wasn't involved in that. Anyway, we went up to the ward. And this is what I mean when you got to go look at things, because the more you look, the more additional money becomes available. What kind of money? Additional. We see the windows are not sitting right there's cracks and stuff so we tell the people maybe they need new windows and they said could you possibly fix this so i told them yeah for a few thousand dollars but i'm not touching i'm not moving the windows so we went and got this a very expensive gray tape i think you call it duct tape <laughs> we duct taped the windows and then uh, we used vacuum cleaners in the place we gave a couple of the nurses 
fly swatters, and they were very happy. But you know what? This sounds real like, oh, God, what did he do? But you know what? In three days, the problem was solved. No more were getting in. We whacked the ones that were there. We did use a vacuum cleaner for a while, but that was limited because it was too noisy. You had sick people there. Anyway, the problem was solved. We made a few thousand dollars extra, and the people thought we were heroes. So stink bugs are relatively new for they, us. They've been in Jersey for a while, but thank God somebody gave them money to come through the uh, tunnels oh, well, and what bridges. What I'm saying is, did you, <laughs> the, the new bridge and tunnel crew, the stink bug? Yeah, yeah. When you were in business, they weren't really around, right? No, I never heard of them until about eight years ago. Heard about them out in Jersey, trying to get into people's windows and shit like that, and they do stink. I mean, they stink when you kill them. It's, it's another one of those things where it's more of a nuisance pest to residentials than anything else. And, and you do get almost similar to cluster flies where you get them in abundance on one side of the house. West side, west side. Uh, you know what? I, we don't have enough experience with them where I would be able to tell you that. I called Steve again when I was working down in Trexlertown, Pennsylvania. And I told him what with flies and he said okay west side and then and then i tried to sell the owner of the place about we can cork everything but didn't get that one anyway you know these bugs that they come in and they're occasional and stuff and they're really not that big yeah but they add to the bottom line and i'm a capitalist and you should be too if you're in business and if you're not in business if you work for somebody you want to get that commission so we're talking about these pests and we'd like to get some more involvement from the listeners if you're having a bad fall pest problem or any pest problem, send us an email or hit us up on social media. DM is probably the best in Instagram. And just tell us what your problem is. And we'll leave an email or answer it in a DM. So fall pests it's in the Northeast, the main ones are really roaches and rodents, I would say. From a commercial standpoint, that's going to be your biggest issue. Flies, minimal Get those screens on the windows, kids. And then wildlife. You're going to start to see a lot of wildlife yeah, um, yeah. coming in. And as it's thought, we've actually had a couple of jobs this week with wildlife and fleas. And you get raccoons, squirrels, whatever coming in, and they are bringing the fleas with them, potentially ticks and whatnot. It was huge. No, it was, uh, <laughs> it, it, it was um, it's a clothing store. It's a tiny clothing store, and however... Whatever, they, they had raccoons, they didn't pay any attention to the raccoons, and then they started... Raccoon shit all over the place. Well, they have a unique situation, too, because there's only about a nine-inch gap between the ceiling and the roof, and there's no access to it. So we, had, we started cutting holes to see what was going on up there, and the owner was reluctant, because it was a retail store, to close, and we told him he should clean all of the... We so, told him he should clean all of the retail merchandises, the clothing, etc. We gave him a whole plan of action that he was not, none too fond of. And his entire staff walked out on him and said they wouldn't work under these conditions. And lo and behold, over the weekend, he was asking us to come and do the job. Wanted to wait till the season was over. Which unfortunately was not going to happen because we had done everything we could with this gentleman up until Saturday. And he declined and said, we'll see what happens Tuesday. And Mon I guess Sunday his staff walked out. So... We did a treatment today. We removed one raccoon, and uh, we treated with growth regulators. And it was extensive, cutting a lot of holes in the ceiling to make sure that we got potential all access where they were, all runways. And to be honest, there's a potential for us to do it again because I don't know if this guy is actually going to seal the exterior holes where they enter from.
with a dope. You could lead a horse to water, right? Um, one thing I want to tell you, if, if anybody's picking up, you know, you send a, a worker out or you go out yourself to pick up a raccoon, they're very heavy. And I made the mistake one time, like I pick them up with one hand and I'm bracing them on my hip. And next thing, my hip was bleeding. <laughs> so keep them away from the hip or put them on a cart or something because they are heavy. And to hold them out straight is kind of difficult. So what we do with most of our techs that are going to pick up wildlife, they have sheets. And what we found, this is actually something that I stumbled upon for skunks where I didn't want the skunk to spray me. And I covered them with uh, sheets and uh, I found that with all wildlife once you cover them with the sheets they calm down even when you pick them up and carry them and they can't see you to scratch you you know I'm I'm, I'm, s I'm sorry uh, I didn't know that years ago when my grandson EJ uh, we caught a uh, possum out in the yard and he was out there beating the cage with a stick and uh, annoying the possum so I told him that wasn't the right thing to do and uh, we took a possum over somewhere I won't mention where but he had a good place. He had plenty of uh, vegetation and stuff. So I asked DJ, "Do you wanna you wanna let the raccoon out?" <laughs> no, his grandpa is looking at me. I think he's still mad at me. EJ never got out of the car. Was it a raccoon or a possum? Possum. Uh -huh. Then my dog, uh, the late great Lulu, killed five possums in my yard. Tore their throats out. Anyway, she was very efficient. So what else? What else? What else? That was, that was natural pest control, by the way. Green. You know, years ago, many years ago, Peter took a guy to, to court because he killed a raccoon in his vegetable garden. And it was in the papers and everything. And I, one pest control association had a dinner for the guy. <laughs> yeah, Peter, uh, whatever. I mean, there's, you know what? There's some good there. Just going overboard. It's like with everything else. Religion, uh, yeah. politics, extremists. Any, any, anybody who's an extremist, there's usually a problem there. Yeah. Yeah. What We're is just, it? Everything in moderation? Except making money. There's, there's a debate for that, too. Right? Just get, get, a, get out where you're comfortable. You don't need every nickel in the street. My older brother wasn't, was probably, is still a scholar, um, but didn't, didn't fare too well in college. And of course, I followed behind him. So I was given a legal document that said I had to maintain a B average or I, basically like a student loan type deal. I had to maintain a B average or I would have to pay everything back. So my first semester, I got like a three seven, a couple three fives here and there. And one semester I took some of the stupidest fucking classes I ever could have taken. I took like three research classes and it was, I mean like shoot yourself now. I got a 2.96 and I show it to him and he's like, oh, you gotta pay me, you gotta pay me. And, uh, but then I showed him, I explained to him the difference between uh, this GPA and my cumulative. My cumulative was still like a three, four. So I was like, I'm not fucking paying. I said, go to the, look at the legal document. I probably will do something similar with my kids. So, because you it know was, what? It, it's what made me do well because all of my freshman year friends in college at least 70 percent of them were on academic probation in the second semester so anyway um talking about uh what joey just talked about my first house that i bought i borrowed twelve thousand dollars from my parents i just didn't walk in they were giving me the money we had to have a meeting of course the meeting means you go to dinner and everybody's nice and then they okay explain this to us 
and I was told that they were getting 6% interest at the time in the bank and that I would have to pay back 6% interest. And every month, first day, first three days, $200, that's what I had to pay them every month. I paid, I put that $200 aside because if I had to starve, I was paying them. And after a year, my mother came to me and told me, Eddie, we don't like living in this apartment and we don't get hot water and heat when we need it and the bank won't lend us money because we're too old. That was uh, uh, not true. And if I could give them a little bit of money that I owed them. So I gave them the remainder of the money that I owed them because I had a great year. And she told me, well, where's my interest? And I tried to explain to her that I paid you early. I don't got to pay you the interest. Uh, no. We went to see my, <laughs> we went into the next room to see my dad. And I explained it to him. He goes, okay. Of course, my wedding, what are And I don't know how he did it, but whenever she got mouthy, best, and she shut up. <coughs> I never learned that. Anyway, um, it was a good lesson to me. Two lessons. One, you're going to borrow. People are not going to give you money. You're going to borrow. Make sure you pay it back. The other lesson was, when I borrowed money, if I paid it back early, I didn't have to pay all that goddamn interest. So I learned two lessons. And we're hoping for skunk soon. You know, and that's why I believe that God loves exterminators. No, honestly, what we're hoping for in the Northeast, and I've had this conversation regularly, is roof rats. Okay. And when I say hoping for it, they're mean, nice I, looking, I think by it's the way. A, I think it's inevitable. It's going to come here. I think, and don't quote me on this, but I think they're as far north as Maryland. Um, it's only a matter of time for us. I hope that. Jeff O'Neill, you hear that? I hope that we uh, learn about it before it's too late. I don't think too many people in the Northeast are well-versed we in, got, in we, roof rats. We'll talk to Bobby Carrigan. Bobby is the one person that I who tr who's tracking them. Who oh. He's tracking the roof rats, like how far north they're coming, or was. I don't know if he still is, but he was at one point tracking them and seeing where they were coming from the south to the north. We had a conversation in probably four or five years ago, and he said that he thinks they'll be here eventually. That's a whole new ball game for us, pest control-wise. So, Hey, I'm going to Russia. Uh, are you going with Trump to help smooth things out? No, I'm going on my own. I'm going to talk to Mr. Putin and uh, a bunch of other people, and I'm going to settle this uh, once and for all. I think we should have a colony pest management in Moscow. Well, listen, the truth of the matter... Well, uh, we get a bunch of Russians from Brighton Beach to work for us, for Christ's sake. That's fine. We might be the right people for the job. I remember for my entire life, there were always three New York pest control associations. A state one, I'm doing air quotes for state, a New York City one, and a Long Island one. And probably in 2012, from 2010 to 2012, we got together and decided that that was going to be a thing in the past and we needed to merge and we got all the right people. The late, great Norman Cooper had a statement where he said, he was like, you know, Joey, maybe we should send you into the Middle East because uh, this thing that you did here is amazing and maybe you could solve the Middle East problem. Yeah. So we might be the right people to go to Russia and fix this. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. But in any case, uh, Norm Cooper, rest in peace, was an amazing guy. I still have a message on my phone from him trying to sell me a business because we had been, we had been going back and forth for five or six years. Um, and we, we never could get on the same page, but uh, Norm was a great guy. But that comment was, I'll remember that forever because it's true. Also, uh, going way back, 
to the late 60s when uh, my blessed mother kept telling me to get a job in the post office, you goddamn rat catcher. I saw this guy advertising uh, Raid or some other spray, and it was Norman Cooperman, who turned out to be Norman Cooper. And I said, you know what? If he could do that, I could do that. But anyway, whenever you met him, great guy, always friendly, always smiling, very sharp guy too. And Norman, wherever you are, hats off, buddy. It was great knowing you. So I want to give a shout out to Andy from Bug Off. I just found out that your mom passed away. I want to give you my deepest sympathy, my friend. I look forward to seeing you down in Orlando. Take care. Way to fucking kill a mood, bro. What? Jesus Christ, that's the end of the fucking podcast for today. Listen, anyway, I that, mean, that can't be the end. That's the end. Listen, Mr. and Mr. America and all the ships at sea, Colony Confidential, get a hold of us on social network. Get a hold of us at colonyconfidential at gmail.com. What the fuck is social network? What is that shit on the phones? <laughs> so. Social media. Thank you, Hey, Jesus. I'm a fast learner. Suffering, Jesus, Eddie. <laughs> uh, it's, it's in, I just, oh, God, I wish Grandma was alive to hear say Instagram and Facebook at least once. Yeah. Yeah, she'd know uh, what I was talking social about. Social media. That's like HD stands for? HB? <laughs> What'd you say? HB? When, when I told you to get an HD TV, you're like, oh, what's that? High fidelity. <laughs> That's uh, high density. You, like, and you press the red button and you get it. So listen to me. <laughs> Check us out on social network <laughs> in high fidelity. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe and review. Send us anything you want us to know about at colonyconfidential at gmail.com.